0: Hello and thank you for supporting us for 100 great episodes here at the Navy Blue Corner. To celebrate, here is our interview with David Reese jones He's a Norm Smith medal winner, a premiership player and a legend of the Carlton Football Club with incredible insight on the golden years of this great club. We hope you enjoy. We are absolutely honoured to introduce our next guest. He's an absolute legend of the Carlton Football Club, a tough and fiery footballer whose polished skills led him to play one hundred and eight, one hundred and six games at Carlton from a one hundred and eighty-two game career. Not only is a premiership player for the mighty Blue Baggers, but his efforts on the biggest stage were rewarded as he won the Norm Smith Medal for being the best on ground in the nineteen eighty-seven Grand Final. It is, of course. David Reese jones David, thanks for joining us for our 100th episode. We really appreciate you giving up your time. No, no
1: worries. Great to be here.
0: Beautiful. So look, I'd love to start with your, really the beginning of your Carlton journey because you obviously started at South Melbourne, soon became the Sydney Swans at, at the And then at the end of the uh, 84 season, due to some, some contract issues, Sydney weren't looking to pay you really what? you were owed for that next year. You were able to sort of void your contract and look elsewhere. I guess what made you choose Carlton and were there any other clubs that you were close to moving to during that time? Oh, look, it was,
1: um, yeah, it, it, my my accountant, we didn't have managers back in those days. And um, as you said, I, I was able to get out I had another year of a contract to go from the Swans, but they wanted all, it was all the players. They wanted them all to, stay on the same rate they were in 1984 Mm. and, and and I was getting to a stage where I was, you know, going to have probably enough to buy, you know, for a deposit for a house in Sydney. And, and, uh, yeah, if that had happened, I probably would have stayed up there (laughs) and, um, yeah, not, not come back, but, uh, yeah, as fate would have it, um, I was able to get out of that contract and, Mm. um, head to Carlton and and Carlton were the only ones I spoke. Look, I had a few clubs ring me, but, uh, Carlton were the only ones I sat down with and um basically I met with Ian Collins um in the morning and um and Keith McKenzie and had a chat to them and various things there and um and a lot of financial stuff which my accountant and they were talking about and um and I met with David Parkin in the afternoon to talk really the football Mm -hmm. side of things and and you know whether I was going to fit into what he was looking for and everything and uh yeah, so I signed that afternoon. So, yeah, only oh, to wow. Yeah, Yeah, flew down on a Saturday morning and uh, flew back that night. No, actually, I think I went back the next day, but uh, yeah, signed within a day
0: anyway. Mm. Yeah, so was it just basically once you had obviously had a few clubs reach out to you and chatting to Carlton, was it just because of the, I guess, the, the stature of that club at the time and the list? Were those the things as well that were, you, I guess, attracting you to, to coming over to the Blues?
1: Yeah, look, I think Essendon had just won a flag and, um, um, yeah, Carlton had sort of been... they dropped dropped, obviously, mm. 79, 81, 82 and um, 83, 84 just hadn't sort of um, cut the mustard there and, 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 you know, you know good clubs are going to bounce back and, look, at that stage, I hadn't played finals so, you know, mm. I, I could have had a St Kilda or whoever offer me, you know, ridiculous money and I wouldn't have gone there because... Uh, you know, five years of not playing finals footy and then uh, an, an opportunity to get, you know, to get out. I, I wasn't, you know, um, I, was, I was more keen on on playing finals footy than I was on and, and obviously playing in a premiership, mm. which I was lucky enough to do. So, yeah, so it was, uh, it was pretty fortunate and, um, yeah, best decision I made.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I guess what was that transition like, obviously coming across from Sydney who weren't in the best of shape having just having to relocate and then joining a club like Carlton that, as you mentioned, sort of just came off of so much success in, in the late 70s, early 80s. I guess what was the sort of main differences that you, you sort of started to notice that maybe re- made you realise just the difference in why this club was successful over that period? Well,
1: the, look, this uh, South Melbourne where I started was, hmm. you know, and one of the reasons I sent to Sydney was both. By- basically, because of a lack of membership and um, lack of facilities and and, and money um, around the club. So, um, yeah, going to Carlton was completely different. It, it was um, chalk and cheese, really. And, you know, people wouldn't know that, you know, those couple of years we we had in Sydney, um, we, we didn't have a training base. We didn't have an actual ground we oh, trained wow. on. We weren't allowed yeah. to train on the Sydney cricket ground, so... Um, We train on army ovals from time to time. Um, They did have a secondary oval, which was used as a car park um, for the cricket and and that type of thing. So uh, we did train on there occasionally. But, um, Mm. yeah, yeah, we'd train on local footy grounds and different things. We'd, you know, we're working back then. We'd normally have to ring up about 3 o'clock to see where we're training. And So to go from that to Carlton where, um, you know, everything was put on for Mm. them. and but then again, um, and, and the thing I loved about Carlton was the expectations were very high. And, and um, whereas with the Swans, um, you know, you, you could get beaten by a team like Carlton by a kick or something. I mean, your supporters would be cheering you off the ground. Um, they'd accept defeat. So um, mm. Carlton got to Carlton, and '85 uh, was a was a pretty tough year for me, really, to be honest. Um, so about halfway through, I, I reckon I started to question whether I'd made the right decision or not. And uh, my form was so-so and, you know, there's a bit of pressure on, I suppose, I was the new recruit. Mm. The, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I remember we played a game. I'd actually been dropped and I and, and I think it was Frank Marquezani I uh, did a hamstring or something, couldn't, didn't come up. So I, I played against North Melbourne. It was one of the first Friday night games. And uh, I remember going into that game. I, I would have tackled my own teammates for the ball. That, that particular game, <laughs> I thought I'd just got to go out and um, earn the respect. And, and um, mm. yeah, and, and it sort of all, all went pretty well from there. So that sort of kick-started gaining a little bit of respect. And then um, oh, probably the best thing that happened was Kernahan, Bradley, Motley, they all come next year and... Uh, and um, yeah, they they sort of come in their flash cars and everything took a lot of pressure. <laughs> so, yeah, I like, drove, drove, drive, drive, drive to try and in my Honda Civic and they were in their flash, um, <laughs> yeah, potted up bloody uh, Commodores or whatever. They <laughs> mm.
0: No, that's on un- that's unreal. Like, I can definitely see that obviously coming over being a bit of the, I guess, that kind of like high money recruit coming across, and there'd definitely be quite a bit of pressure, and then seeing those those lot come across definitely helps take the the pressure off. When you sort of came over initially, were there any players that kind of sort of took you under their wing or sort of tried to make you feel a part of the club? Who were the guys that you started to build those bonds with?
1: Oh, probably the wrong blokes. Um, You know, guys (laughs) like Mark McClure and Jimmy Buckley and Wayne Johnson. And, um, yeah, well, you know, um, they they were sort of the characters around the place and (laughs) liked a beer and that after a game. And, uh, yeah, sort of fitted into into my wheel pretty, pretty well. But, um, yeah, but <laughs> then again, you know, I mean, you still got to, it's what you do on the field, which, you know, you yeah. get your respect from. So, uh, yeah. And that, and that's earned, it's not given to you. So, uh, it was, um, took a little bit of time, but you know, you can, mm. you can be great mates off the field, but you've got to, uh, got to earn that respect on the field. And, 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 you know, as I said, you know, I got there and there were triple premiership players. I think Bruce have mm. played in four premierships at that stage. So, um, you know, there's some champion footballers there and and, mm-hmm. and um, you weren't going to get things spoon-fed. It didn't matter yeah. um, who you were. So it was, uh, yeah, interesting that first year, but um, battled through it and, and um, yeah, sort of got on my way after that.
0: Mm, definitely came out the other side really well. And look, the uh, obviously that 1986 season ended in defeat to Hawthorne in the grand final. I guess I'd love to know what kind of maybe changed, if anything, then going into that following year, meeting the same opposition in the grand final, but then actually being able to defeat them in 87. Was it a difficult one, obviously, having that defeat on the biggest stage and being able to bounce back for it? How? What sort of, I guess, yeah, changed leading into that next season to, to lead us to the premiership?
1: Yeah, we, we had a reasonably young team. You know, I mean, a lot of the um, – in 86, uh, we won the reserves um, – um, best and fair uh, the reserves final that year and and we had blokes like Jimmy Buckley, Kenny Sheldon. Um, mm. There's some great players, you know. I think Wayne Harm's might have played in in that. You know, I mean, some really really mm. top Carlton names played um, in that. So there's a lot of you know quality around and and um, but what I think I th- I think you know after '86 getting getting there and not making it and you know Kernahan was in his first season, Bradley, um, Motley, mm. these guys so. And um, you know, I think that drove us right through our preseason. I think we we had that in the back of our mind all preseason and and worked pretty hard. You know, we we had a pretty solid preseason. Wolsey was uh pretty hard task master a master. So uh yeah, it was it was um yeah, it was uh, difficult things happen. I mean, mm. early in the season, Des English contracted cancer. Um obviously Peter Motley had his um a severe accident, you mm. know, which um, geez, it would have killed anyone else, I think. But uh he, he he survived that luckily. But uh and Bernie Evans is a good mate of mine who got rubbed out for one week in the uh in the in the preliminary final. He, he mm. missed the grand final. So there there were a few blokes who couldn't be out there with us. And I think on that particular day, you know, we we had them, you know, in in the back of our mind as well mm. to uh, I don't think anyone would have beat us that day. It was um you know we're pretty Pretty well committed, and um, yeah, we were willing to do what we had to do to to win.
0: Uh, it's it's good to hear, and I guess like it's it's one of those probably the most memorable moment for you that grand final. Um, obviously, you end up walking away with two medals, winning that Norm Smith medal, being able to completely shut down uh, Dermot Brereton there. And I guess whose decision was that to shift you from the wing into a more defensive role, and and how did you feel when you I guess you were told that you were you're going to play. Down on Dermy.
1: Yeah, look, it was Robert Walls. He he um apparently there were I think there were six of them on the match committee and the other five didn't um didn't want me playing there. But uh Walls he stuck by his guns and they basically at the end of the day they let him mm-hmm. have his way. And um yeah, I didn't find out about it till Thursday night, you know, and I walked in the, the room as, you know, and um the, the you know the team was up on the board and there I mm-hmm. was at center up back. So um there are a lot of eyes on me at the time, and um, so yeah, look, I, I just accepted that was you know my lot in my part of what I've got to do for the team, and and that's you know the great thing about you know yeah. the the grand finals and, the, and and the premierships is you know it's a team sport. You know, I mean, mm. the Norm Smith's nice to have, and I suppose it's uh, uh, yeah, it helps um, helps me so I could play a bit of footy as well as being that knucklehead who got reported twenty five <laughs> times. So. Um, it's good to have that as a bit of a reassurance to people that I, that I could actually play the game as well. But um, yeah, so it was um, yeah, it was Wolsey who was you know mm. he, he made the move and uh, and it had come off.
0: Yeah, I guess was there much sort of discussion then? You, you say you sort of walked in on the Thursday before the game, which obviously doesn't give you a lot of prep time really to to figure out. The strategy behind it was much given to you around the plan of I guess the reasoning why you were going to be down there and what they kind of wanted you to do or was it a lot sort of just left to you to figure out at that kind of stage
1: yeah a lot of it you know back in those days is you know it was man-on-man mm. football so you know I, I do um I did have a word to John Dorotich who played on him a bit and and Dora was talking about you know um Sort of bodying him and doing a few things, and I thought, geez, I'm not going to be doing that. So, uh, <laughs> um, Dermot will be, you know, he'll kill me if that happens. So, uh, yeah, look, I played off him a bit, and um, uh, my, my tactic was really to bring bring the ball to ground that where I thought I, you know, I, I could beat him on, on the ground mm. where, you know, he had the um advantage while the ball was in the air. So, the more it was on the ground, the the, the luckier I got, I suppose. But, um, look, he, he, Dermot's one of those players who you know, can turn a game in five minutes to, you know, into just a five minute burst and and, and kick two mm. or three goals and get his team back in there. So, you know, it was a concentration thing throughout the game. But um and we had a pretty young back line then too, with Mick Kennedy, Stephen Silvani, um trying to think Tommy Alvin was back there, Ian Aitken and myself. Um yeah, so in Ian Aitken's first this year too, so it was um yeah yeah it was a pretty mm. inexperienced I suppose backline so I was like the the oldest statesman I suppose back there then and had to take a little bit of responsibility but um yeah I, look I enjoyed it I'd, I'd played on the backline a little bit during the course of that year and 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 enjoyed it you know but mm. um so yeah I, I don't know when Wolsey sort of had it in the back of his mind or or, or had any you know but mm. uh, yeah, he made the made the call and it, and it worked out.
0: Yeah, I guess you end up sort of getting moved around quite a bit, playing a bit forward in the midfield, down back. Did you have a position that you sort of liked the, the most or did you not mind getting thrown around a bit?
1: Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed. Yeah, I enjoyed. I, I reckon, you know, at one stage or another, I, I played in every position on the ground except Ruck and Rover. Um, but, um, and, and I did. I, I, I enjoyed, you know, I, I think I kicked about 112 goals, at, you know, over, over those mm. games a couple of bags of six and fives and that. So, you know, I was thrown forward at times. I, I didn't like being left down there though. You know, I mean, yeah, I think there was one year, I, you know, I think I was at the Swans. Yeah. Might've been 84, 83 or 84 at the Swans. And I, I I'd kicked 21 goals after, um, after three rounds. And I sort of thought then I thought, rightio, it's worked for three matches, you know, get me out of here now. I'm not going to be there. <laughs> you know, I, I was up contending with the leading goal kickers at that stage. And, and, and it was funny that um, yeah, I, I, I you know I, I wanted to get mm. out of there because I thought you know I'm not not a natural forward. I wasn't big enough and strong enough, and mm. um, while I could pinch hit at times and 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 um, and, and get down there and um, you know get lucky, I suppose. And uh, yeah, I was able to do that on on a few occasions. But I, I, I did I, I enjoyed the challenge too, you know. I, I sort of I probably played some of my best footy on on the better players, if you know what I mean. I, I, I mm. you know, playing on a guy in his fifth or sixth game, I, I probably let myself down and, and, and you know, went out and tried to do a bit too much. But when, I, you know, I probably knuckled mm. down a bit more when I was playing on a, on the, the better type players. And and look, you know, when I started playing, um, you know, the wingman around then, you had Dougie Hawkins, you had, um, you know, Keith Gregg, Wayne Schimmelbush, um, mm. you know, every, every team you come up against, you come up against Collingwood, Ricky Barham, Um, you know, Brian Wood. There was just some terrific um Mm. wingmen around in those days and and you played set positions, so you played on, you know, some real real champions of of the time, you know, and 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 it was it was great. It was a good, you know, good competition each week.
0: Yeah, you you might have just answered my next question there because I was gonna ask sort of who are those who were probably some of the toughest guys you came up against that, you know, you always it was always just gonna be really hard day. And then probably on the flip side to that as well, was there Anyone that when you did see their name on the on the team sheet lining up against you that you, you're sort of rubbing your hands, you couldn't wait to play them? They're almost your bunny. I'd, I'd love to get to know your, your thoughts on, on that throughout your career.
1: Yeah, well, the, the one, one who I um, I did rub my hands together it was the 86th grand final when I lined up on the wing and Gary Ayers is lined up on me. And, you know, Gary normally <laughs> played in the back pocket. And uh, I'm thinking, God, you know, because I, I, I'd played on him before and, and mm-hmm. kicked goals on him and... Um, um, so you know, I, th- I knew he went for his marks, and I thought, geez, you know, I, I reckon I'm-, I'm a chance to you know have a good day there. But uh, he won the Norn Smith Medal that day, so <laughs> <laughs> my, name, my, my name was Smithy at, um, at Mad Monday Drinks um, that that particular year. So uh, yeah, they didn't let me forget forget that. But um, yeah, look, there, were, there was some you know you, you you come up against great players, and, and as i mm. said, I I'll probably. I probably, um, you know, took it a bit too easy against the, the lesser lights. Mm. and all against the, Yeah, I didn't sort of bring myself to, you know. But, you know, you learn, learn as you go along, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I got to the back line in the end and that was sort of like a a good position. I, I couldn't plan the, you know, the the, the monster sort of um, full forward, centre forward mm. time, so the, um Yeah, yeah, I... I used to be able to read the play and, and, you know, we're good players. Peter Dean was a, you know, it's terrific to play with and sauce back there, you know, they'd, they'd cover for you when you're, when you're in a bit of trouble and come over and spoil and that. So um, yeah, yeah, it was, um, was interesting, but I was, I was, mm-hmm. you know, I was really enjoying playing back line and, and, and up getting a knee injury and then that sort of, you know, put me back a fair bit mm-hmm. and I, you know, missed miss quite a few towards the end and, you know, I was probably at the peak of my powers then and um um yeah just got a bad injury and had a operation that didn't work too well and and then um yeah got a staff infection and uh yeah it was was, um not not good at that time but uh you know as i said i was probably you know i was 27 26 27 at that stage and and playing probably the best footy of my career and uh yeah that was disappointing but um Mm. that's the way it goes
0: Yeah, I mean, and when you touch I just want to go back as well because, look, if they were calling you Smithy after the the 86, they better have been calling you that after the 87. Probably, like, the best way to do it. If someone was going to win the Norm Smith on you one year, go out there and and do it and win it the next year. Did that, I guess, play into your mind at all, maybe going into that game when you, I guess, just saying you had that mindset in 86, saying, okay, okay, beaten this guy before, going to have a good day, turned out to be pretty bad. I guess you felt like that on your end. Did that play into anything leading into the, the next season?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I, I prided myself on playing well in big games. I mean, that's when um, you know the second semi final. I was I was best on ground that day, mm. and um, you, you do you pride yourself on playing well on big in big games, and and that was just it was a, it was a strange game, and I, I don't really. I, I actually had a chance um, a little while back to have a look at it, and the. The ball just didn't seem to bounce our way. Mm. It just, you know, it just one of those games where nothing really worked for us and and, and we we're never in the game, if you know what I mean. So, yeah. Hawthorne, Hawthorne got out to a good start. And um, yeah, just one of those games we, you know, as a team never got into. And unfortunately, you know, I didn't get, you know, I think I kicked a goal, but it was about, you know, yeah, all done yeah. Sort of yeah, so it was, um, it was tough and easy. Had a reasonable game on the wing and probably deserved the norm Smith. so yeah, no, they um, mm. they were too good for us that particular year, but uh, yeah, we bounced back next year,
0: yeah. And look, look, one thing probably gets spoken about, probably about the current Carlton group at, at the moment is mentality, particularly after how we finished the end of last season and being able to have that ability to step up in those key moments, I guess for you having been a part of premiership team and such an accomplished group as well, what do you think sort of makes or helps build that successful mentality and, and winning culture? Because a lot of our listeners are probably sort of my age that haven't been able to see a lot of success. During our lifetime, live we've pretty much grown up watching the the videos, being able to you know wear the the eighty seven grand final tape out completely. Growing up, and yeah, I just love to know getting that insight from someone that's been there and done that when we're at the peak of our powers. Just to how did you what what is the mentality like in that winning culture and what sort of breeds that?
1: Yeah, well, as I said, when I when I got to Carlton, it was just you know I mean they were expected to win it it? and. The the expectation was was high. I mean, um, John Elliott. You know, I mean, he, he he wouldn't have a good look on his face if you know after, after a game we've been beaten, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it was it was the expectations were very high, and I think we're getting to a stage now with our group at the moment where they're putting some high expectations on himself, mm. and, and um, you've got to have the ability to be able to you know uh, yeah. do it to start with. Um, you know, we're Bloody good squad back then, as I said. I think we won eighty six and eighty seven reserves uh, grand finals as well. So um, you know, it showed the quality and the, the depth depth we had there. And uh, yeah. yeah, so it was um yeah, it, it was different. But I, I think the guys now, I think they're getting to a stage. And I've been lucky enough. I'm, I'm involved with the past players, and I um, I've been to a couple of a couple of functions um, where where the guys have spoken about you know disappointment of last year and Mm. and expectations for this year and 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 they're not setting any limits on himself which is fantastic to hear and and I think um I think when 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 you start thinking about it and you start thinking well Charlie Curnow should be a better footballer next year you know he's Mm. going to improve a bit you know Harry Mackay is going to improve a bit Jacob Weeding is going to be a better footballer next year I mean they haven't reached the peak of their powers yet. Crippa are probably at the peak of his powers and, you know, in age and experience and everything mm. else. And, and he's probably got, you know, another three or four years, um, sitting yeah. up there, but th- these, you know, these other young, young guys, I mean, and, and Charlie's missed a lot of footy too. It, it, yeah, it get exactly. scary when you think, you know, yes, these sure. guys could be, you know, um, part of something very, mm. very special and, uh, you know, I, I like the fact that we went out at the end of last year and we're recruiting a wingman. I mean, we're going for Blake Akers yeah. and we well, hang on a minute. We're recruiting wingmen, that shows we've got enough confidence in in mm. the depth we've got through that midfield. We're starting to put all the little pieces um, together now, and 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 you know the the expectations are high. I think um, I think the competition to get a get a game next year is going to be fantastic mm. too for uh, for a lot of players and. Um, and yeah, hopefully I put, put that pressure on all year, you know. And um, he'll probably miss Sam Walsh for a month or so, but uh, mm. you know we should have enough in in that midfield to be able to um, to be able to get by anyway. So um, we're we're run out of excuses as Carlton people. So uh, yeah, this year this year I've, I I mm. actually backed it. When when the when the odds first come out, I think they come out eleven bucks or something, and I had a hundred bucks of you know on them to, to win the flag next year. So I got on early, and um, hopefully, hopefully I'm right.
0: Oh, fingers crossed! Oh, I'd absolutely love that. It's, I think every Carlton supporter would, and I think yeah, you probably nailed it as well. With it was something you said earlier in this in this interview where you mentioned like just not having that expectation. Sorry, actually having that expectation of winning, and where you mentioned you know getting at it, it, it Sydney you were getting clapped off when you got close and I feel like that's for a lot of the times when I was sort of growing up in those sort of mid 2010 years when we we're finishing bottom you get close and like that would be a good result for us and that's probably not helped lead this expectation it, there's definitely needs to be a lot more pressure on these guys to perform in. and I think you've nailed it saying that there's so much individual talent here at some stage you've got to put it together and fingers crossed it, it will be this year. But look, I mean, thanks. Thank you for your time. Um, that's pretty much going to wrap this one up. Um, look, I think these stories are just so important for, to really preserve like the history of this football club. And I hope the listeners have enjoyed it as much as I definitely have. So yeah, David, I think thanks again for, for joining us for our hundredth episode.
1: No worries. And um, let's hope the blues can get there this year. Go the blues.